He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. All right, we're back with a brand new edition of the Undisputed Podcast. That's D. Scott. And that is the man who taught Pee Wee Herman everything he knows, Bobby Jackfish. <laughs> that's, that's new. That's a new one, Frank. Yeah, that's a new one. Uh... <laughs> and our guest is the legendary one. Yes, Mr. Chavo Guerrero. What's up, guys? Thanks for having yes, me. Sir. No, welcome, welcome. You. Yeah, absolute pleasure for us to welcome you to the Undisputed Podcast. Um, appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate you guys because you, uh, I'm sitting there doing some crown molding in my house right now, and uh, my geometry was getting all messed up. And <laughs> I stepped away, and I was like, okay. I was like, I said, okay. 15 times, like, ah, I got to do this podcast. Thank God. So yeah, I yeah. If I can walk away and I'll come back, and go, oh, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, well, I can relate. I can relate. We were doing light fixtures this weekend, my wife and I. And uh, yeah, you know, we tend to, to bite off more than we can chew with the uh, household projects. And we are in the midst of one. So I can relate to what you're saying. Well, I just did, you know, some um, uh, kind of remodeling a little bit, a new tile and stuff like that. So I finished up some quarter round, little quarter round molding downstairs, but it was easy. It was all 45 degree angles. So I was just like, pop, 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 pop cut them out, like, no problem. Yeah. Then I was doing some of the bedroom because I had put some flooring in the bedroom. I just hadn't finished the... Uh, the quarter round hey, yo. and uh i literally like it's all these little different angles and i'm like i, I was about to shoot myself i swear yeah like, it's 22.5 and then i got a bull nose color here and i was, I was like ah oh <laughs> i don't like numbers numbers are not my friend <laughs> all right do you consider yourself a, a fairly handy individual yeah i'm pretty handy man i, I oh, it's my forte man i kind of uh as I get older, I just kept going more and more and more stuff. And the more you do, the, the better you get at it. So yeah, about a, about a year and a half ago, we, me and my brother-in-law rebuilt my mom's house. Yeah, wow. Wow. yeah the house that I grew up in. And, uh, you know, we, we're both pretty handy. And if not, we can't, we can figure it out. You know, we got YouTube right. so figured out. But we ended up, um, you know, really tearing it down to like the studs and kind of rebuilding some walls and Kind wow. of got, we see, yeah, we did went we went crazy. Now I now I hired people to do the roofing and that kind of stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? We added a bedroom and turned a bathroom into a full bath. We did a bunch of stuff. That really is awesome. awesome. <clears throat> That's yeah. awesome. And 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 uh, you know, the, like I have nowhere near that kind of. But um, my wife has convinced me to uh, you know attempt things that I would have on my own been like, Oh no, no, I can't do that. And the, you know, more times than not, like you figure out, like you're a bit more capable than you think. Not rocket science, man. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some, you know, some tricks of the trade for sure. But mm -hmm. for the most part, man, it's God, you know, just come in, you can knock it out. So different work. I've been in my house for a long time and just different guys have come in and done, done stuff. And I'm kind of observed. them going, wait a minute, I can do that. Right. This not if I want to do it, totally different story. <laughs> I can do that. So yeah, kind of most of the stuff in my house. <laughs> well, that's uh that is awesome. Cause yeah. uh, you know, with the with the house that we have, um, 
been experiencing similar things and the, the small victories I celebrate them because if I can put up a ceiling fan, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Frank, where do we want to kick this one off? And don't let's, say you're nuts because I'll let's you talk there. about work in Hollywood. Let's talk about Chavo's Hollywood career. Everybody starts with the wrestling stuff. We're going Hollywood. Cool. Cool. All right. How did, how did that come about? Cause you've got a, quite the successful Hollywood career going for yourself. You know, man, it kind of, my, my uncle Mondo was, you know, one of the pro wrestlers in the family, but he transitioned from wrestling to Hollywood, you know, years and years ago and kind of uh, with uh, Gene LaBelle, Judo Gene LaBelle, was a big family friend for years and years, but Gene was a world renowned stuntman all over, you know, Hollywood and did sure so was. many different movies and credits, but he was the go-to guy for wrestling in Hollywood. It was Gene. Anybody, and you had an issue with wrestling, you went to Gene. You know, you had a, any movie that had wrestling or really any kind of martial arts, Gene was kind of the guy. <clears throat> well, after Gene was getting older, you know, and he just passed away, got rest of his soul. But yeah. uh, you know, for me, knowing him for so long, I kind of had transitioned into a little bit of some stunt work and um, kind of got a real lucky stint on Glow and started doing that. And then Gene started passing on all of his wrestling stuff to me, and it kind of just turned into like, me being the wrestling guy in Hollywood, you know, so that's awesome. It's pretty cool, man. It's a cool little transition. Yeah. And uh, what you realize is that you're very specialized, <clears throat> especially in that world. And uh, knowing so what we do on, on in Hollywood, it doesn't work in pro wrestling. But what I do in pro wrestling doesn't work in Hollywood either. It's a, yeah. such a hybrid. So learning, you know, all this different stuff that I learned at WWE from, you know, Vince and Kevin Dunn with, uh, you know, camera angles and lenses and all the things like that. I started putting it all to use. And of course, I learned a lot along the way. So it's kind of it's, it's a cool little transition, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's it sounds uh awesome. And I, I think that that's uh you you've just um spoken to inadvertently one of the keys to life is like you just you never stop learning, you know. You never you never stop, man. And see, look, I'm still wrestling, I just doing it in a different way. Wrestling's still feeding my family. It's fed my family for over 85 years. It's just in a different way. What I'm doing is really still wrestling. Yeah. Eventually, I want to get behind the director's chair, and it's really nothing different than I'm already doing. It just won't be with wrestling. It'll be in scenes and different stuff like that. But it's it all it's all the same. It all portrays right. you learn one, you can learn the other ones. Yeah. That's a, an awesome way to see it. And uh, mm -hmm. I really, I do. I think that, you know, like, especially pro wrestlers, you know, they're the, it's, it's such a um, unique business to itself that like you develop this, what in the regular world is an odd skill set, And then, you know, if you're not going to wrestle, like, well, where else can you apply this? And uh, movies, stunt work, all that stuff, you know, really does make total sense. Like it, it, it makes it's logically, it's just one foot in front of the other. What we do in wrestling is we, we don't, we don't wrestle. We tell stories. That's mm -hmm. what we do. we do. We use wrestling to help tell those stories, but wrestling itself a lot of times it's not the story or else people would just be watching, you know, Olympic wrestling all the time. Yes, and sir. really, you know, I watch it because I, you know, I'm very, I love that's, that's my, my background. But, you know, if you put wrestling on TV, it's not going to get, you know, Olympic wrestling or amateur wrestling, or it's not going to get the ratings that, that they want. It's not going to get your track sure. ratings or your gymnastic ratings. Uh, for me, like I said, I love it, but 
what we do in wrestling and pro wrestling is we tell stories. And what do they do in Hollywood? You tell stories. Yeah. Well, it's very similar. You know, there's uh, I use this analogy a lot. One time I saw the uh, my kids were younger. So this is now they're older, they're like 20 and 23. But uh, they were oh God, they must have been 10 and seven or something like that. And we and we went and saw the first Transformers movie. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, they're all into it. And I was watching and, you know, they're blowing shit up all over the place and blowing this up, blowing this up. And I'm like, all right, about 30 minutes in, I'm like, all right, I get it. You can blow some stuff up. Now, <laughs> tell me a story. Like, like, tell me, let me right. know something. And then, like, you know, another 30 minutes go by, them blowing stuff up. And then the main actor, Shia LaBeouf's friend dies. And he's like, all like, no, like, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't give a shit. I didn't care about him. Like, you didn't right. let me care about him. So I'm like, I don't just, I don't care if he died. Like, it really didn't mean yeah. anything. There's no investment. There's no investment. So at the same time, my wife and I, she took me to go see, uh, not that I wanted to go see it, but we went and saw Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> not one explosion, though, but at the end, like I, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to see it, but thank God I did, because at the end, I don't want to give it away, but Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep, and he's, you know, trying to, you know, you're like, go to her, go to her, and, and, yeah. not explosion, and he doesn't. The movie ended, and I was heartbroken. I literally was like, yeah. almost like crying, like tearing up and i'm like wait a minute what just happened here and it's kind of the same thing we do in wrestling we all those moves help tell the story but they're not necessarily the story just like in that movie the transformers those explosions help tell the story but those explosions themselves are not the story right. anybody just pulls them up so doing a backflip is a backflip okay i got it so you do a backflip yeah. what did it mean but then you got guys like you know guys like masters like you know, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels or Ricky yeah. Dragon Boat that, you know, they, they're not doing a, a whole crazy bunch, but what they're doing is, a, is perfect at the right timing. And that drama yeah. is amazing. I, I go back to, you know, Ric Flair's first retirement match, uh, <laughs> with the, <laughs> WrestleMania when he wrestled Shawn Michaels, you know, and, you know, guys, they just told such an amazing story. And at the end, when Rick first struggling to get up and Shawn Michaels in the corner bloating that boot and Sean and, and Rick Flair just looks at him like, come on. Yes, sir. Looks at him and says, I'm sorry. I love, love you. you. Yes, sir. I was like, it's magic. Yeah. That's what yes. we do in the ring. But right. that's, so that, that's what's being lost. I believe a lot of times in today's um, wrestling, <clears throat> the athletes are, there's such better athletes than we ever were. I remember talking to Ray Mysterio at Lucha Underground. Oh, 100%. And we were watching some of the guys, and me and him were eyes, or our heads were turning around, going, "What the heck? We didn't even think we could. We, not that we could even do it. We never thought about doing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't imagine that it was possible. Doing this and doing. I mean, it was. I was like, "What the heck is going on here?" But it's like a lot of times they're just doing a lot of moves to uh -huh. do moves instead of telling a story. Like you know, a lot of times you know you're instead of just punching somebody, they're doing a turnaround punch. And yes. Like, why are you spinning around punch? That doesn't make any sense. Oh. Oof. I, mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not cool, but I'm like, mm. sat there. He's in the corner, turn around, punch. So now you're telling everybody, hey, wrestling is this is not real. Yes. So you're, and I could go on and on and on about it, but I kind of get into that same thing when when I do like seminars. I tell people, hey, I, you know, I get it. There's that gray area in pro wrestling for sure, a hundred percent. Uh, but I've been about a hundred bar fights and never once have I shot anybody to the bar and they came back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It happened. Right. But 
so why are we shooting to the ropes? We're shooting it to create motion. That's what we're doing. Okay, so let's figure a way, another way how to create motion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's all we're trying to do. We're not just going to shoot somebody and duck this and leapfrog that and do this. It's just, that's, right. I get it's pro wrestling and it's a lot of, sometimes it's really cool, but sometimes it's just throwing away just to do a move. So yeah, I tell guys, hey, you're tra- creating motion. You want to hit the ropes. Okay, why don't you kick him, then hit the ropes and then go for a punch and he ducks in. You're right the same spot. It's just more logical. Right, right. Don't be wrong. It's still pro wrestling. So we sure. have superheroes. We can do stuff that the normal man can't do. Right. Uh, I just try to make it make sense sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first off, I love the analogy, the uh, the Transformers example with the explosions. It's, you know, it's it's perfect for the one that, that you know, we've, we've heard it in wrestling. Um, and you've kind of uh, alluded to it a little bit here, but with just the moves are the moves. And, you know, like you said, I mean, how, what are you going to do? Now you're going to do two backflips and then three. And then like, well, where does that end? Um, I do, I, I, I totally see what you mean. And, and I don't love it myself. The, um, like adding degrees of difficulty to your move Mm -hmm. for the sake of adding the difficulty. If, and, and I get it. It's pro wrestling and, and everybody knows. Hey, hey but, do, do the triple black flip 100%, but let's make it make sense. How did you end up there? All, all of a sudden, right. the guy falls down. You're there. Okay, th- okay. let's do this. Let's wow the people 100%. Right. It's just, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, that guy's there and he didn't jump on him, but he wrote, walked the ropes over here, which is really cool. And then jumped yes. on that guy. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool, but let's let's just make this make sense. How about you jump on him and then he goes over here and turns around? Now you walk the rope and go. Now it kind of makes more sense. I don't know, just me. It just should make sense. It's, so I know exactly what you're saying. I watched a spot the other night, and and it just, um, it you know, it wasn't the. I, I didn't hate it, but it, it just it stuck out to me, and it did. It, it I don't I don't care for it, but it was. Um, and, and the, the person doing it was, is, is somebody who's capable, who I, I respect and, you know, all, but it was like a jump from the second rope, uh, straddled up to the top rope to then do, um, you know, whatever the, the finish was. And it, it was cool looking, but there was like, just take the extra, uh, time effort to to put in why you had to jump from the second to the top so that it logically there was a reason for it not doing it just to do it because if you're doing it just to do it you're also flashing a big fat sign in my opinion that says hey this is all bullshit we're not really trying to win totally um i used another analogy uh, um the the magician the illusionist chris angel Chris Angel's awesome. I mean, he's, he's great. We know it's it's not real. It's an illusion. He's telling you, I'm an illusionist. It's not real. Just like right. Russ is telling you, it's not real. We're telling you it's entertainment. WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. We're telling you that. But at the same time, you want to suspend your belief. So when you have Chris Angel and, you know, you're like, okay, I know this is not real. But, oh, my God, wait a minute. He's floating. How's he floating? What, right. what the heck's going on? He's floating. Right. The second you see the string, you go, ah, oh, there's a string. And you change yeah. the channel. And wrestling, we say, okay, wrestling, okay, it's, okay, it's, it's, it's entertainment. But, hey, those guys, these two guys are really fighting, man. These guys, that was real. They're really gone. But the second you let them see the string, which is the pro wrestling punch or the 18 million moves, people, yeah. they they lose, they, they come out of their 
their suspended belief, they all of a sudden they come back. To, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot I was watching Parasite. Okay, here we go. Okay, let me right. get some popcorn. Get you up my cell phone. So yeah. that's what you, go. you never let them see the string, ever. Right, right. That's hundred percent. Totally agree. Like, you know, totally agree. And I mean, and the string, the you know, those lines are getting definitely more blurred with just the athleticism of our wrestlers today. They're just, they're just, they're amazing. They can do right. so much stuff, and it's great. But like I said, just because you can do the triple backflip, why doesn't mean you should. And I yeah. use Ray, I use Ray Mysterio a lot. Ray Mysterio could do so much more stuff when he was a younger wrestler, right. but he's such a better wrestler now because instead of doing fifteen headsets, he does that one at that right time. Yeah. He's to me like he's he's so good because he's a guy that has able to to make it his move set, which is unbelievable. Anyways believable it's really weird like it, it fits right he's like a he's a total superhero man yeah yeah right that that makes total sense i i know uh what you're saying you know having been a fan as long as i have like sure. you know ray the wcw days um and some of those matches that he had with psychosis and and um what was it in WCW? It was called Cruiserweight Division. Right? Cruiserweights, Cruiserweights, yeah. yeah. So, like, all of that stuff. But, like, to watch him today, it's not that. Um, it, it's it's a man who's grown into what, like, he's learned along the way. And and that's what life is supposed to be. You know, if you, if I had a brother who made all the same mistakes over and over and over and over, and it was nothing more frustrating than watching him make the same mistake for the seventh or eighth time and, and, you know, trying to help him make sense of why it was like, how do you not fucking know why? Um, so you're supposed to learn as you go and you can see that growth in Ray's career. And so I, I think he hit the nail on the head. People try to, they try to copy what they see, what works, but just cause it worked for those people doesn't mean it's going to work for you or all the time. I use an example. Um, things started really changing to me is when, uh, like, uh, Ricochet was in Japan and he wrestled. Um, what was that match? Who's uh, Will Ospreay? Ospreay, yes, sir. I know Will where Ospreay. you're going, and and it was a work of art, it was incredible. I saw that and I was like, What the heck? No, that was incredible. Ospreay was getting a lot of you know, a lot of hate from the older wrestlers. I, I don't know Will, I've never met him, but I messaged him on Instagram. And I said, Hey man, keep doing what you're doing, man, because people are talking about you, man, keep doing it, yeah. but. People saw that stuff and go, oh, my God. Okay, well, I'm going to try to copy that. And they're just doing so much more Cirque du Soleil stuff. That worked for that match in that night. Sure. But it, yeah. I, I'm not saying you can keep doing that because now it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Now, you know, like people are taking, you know, like look at look at the like Canadian Destroyer, for instance. Yeah. When's the last time somebody won from a Canadian destroyer? It's an amazing move. It's like right. that should have a broken neck. You should be completely done. Right. But once it's like it's, it's just a false. There's not even a finish anymore. It's it's, a, just, it's, it's this generation's DDT. It's a tra exactly, and and yeah. it's like like of um the guy from TNA. What was his name? that started using the Canadian. Pete Williams. Petey. Yeah. Was, when he was doing that, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. What the hell? That's amazing. <laughs> Now it's yeah. just like it's just it's just a transition move, and I'm like, that 
typically should be it like that. Yeah. Yeah. If 100%. I take a DDT, I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm good. I got to roll out. If you want to, if you're giving me a DDT in the middle of the match and the match is not over, I'm rolling to the ground and you're going to have to pick my lifeless party up. Yeah. And I'm going to maybe make the count at nine and a half. Yeah. And then I'm going to sell my neck for the entire rest of the match. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to slow it down. Now I can tell a story. I used to love wrestling like Ray and I'd be working his leg, but I'd have, I'd have him just start kicking my leg. So now I could slow the match down. Yeah. We could still do stuff when we needed to do it. But now like at one point I'd be, you know, like uh, just trying to go, you know, he'd be selling the corner. I'd be walking after my knee would just buckle out. I'd go down and get, get, just give me like a five seconds to try to get back up and go for it. Cause that's what you'd be doing anyways. I mean, I remember sure. playing, you know, I used to play basketball a lot. And one time we were playing in the backyard and there was one of my friends, little metal pipe there and like sticking out of the ground. I don't know what was doing there. Well, we all avoided all the time, but one time I was doing something I landed my, my shin landed right on that pipe. And literally I still have a scar from it. Like, gouged the scouts out. I mean, it killed me so much. I was hopping, like hobbling around. Yeah. We had like two points to go. In, uh, to finish the game and I was like just keep playing just keep playing so I ended up doing it and for that I was hobbling for that one second I sucked it up made the winning of course I right. made it. <laughs> <laughs> and went wow. right back to the wobble like like oh gosh but I sucked it up for that one second let's do that in the match and like let's yeah. you you blew my knee out or whatever I, I could suck it up for that one second to, to deliver like a half fast drop kick but it go right back down to selling it sure just little yeah. nuances that I've learned along the way. And yep. I would say like the, the people that taught me were some of the best in the world. Yeah. So I had some really, really good teachers and people telling me this stuff back in the day when I was a kid and we're like, Hey, why, why did you do that? And I'm like, Oh, cause it was cool. Yeah. It was, it was cool, but let's make it make sense. Oh yeah. I guess, I guess you're right. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. It's just learning as you go. It's all, it's all it really is. And then, then another issue is that is that your your bump card. You know that you only have so many bumps in that Bumping bump card. Bump card, yes, sir. And uh, you know I remember Terry Funk telling me another great legend, family friend since I was a kid, that mm -hmm. told me, "Hey man, that was that was a great match. Man, you took a lot of bumps." I was mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." I thought he was giving me pops, right? And he was like, yeah, how many bumps did you take? And I said, I don't know. He said, "Let's just start counting them." So we started going back over the match and going. To yeah, like, it was like it was like I don't know. 20 bumps yeah and he was like oh man man god you worked hard or something i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> he like, how many matches do you have a year and i'm like right now i was having like 280 300 i was like in wcw yeah. and he's like wow about 300 let's say 300 man and he's like just say you took three less bumps in that match tonight would that have made a difference he goes i'm, I'm not talking about the big false finishes but just like the right boy bumps and i'm like yeah I, I could have done you know 17 bumps instead and he goes, yeah, man, so 17 bumps instead of 20. That's three less bumps. And if you know Terry, he's kind of just taking his time, telling the story. Yeah. And he goes, okay, so it's three bumps times 300. What is that? I'm like, that's 900. He goes, man, that's 900 bumps less a year. Because how long do you plan on wrestling for? I said, I don't, I don't know, 10, 20 years? He's like, yeah, say 20 years. So 20 times, <laughs> times 900. Hundred eighteen thousand less bumps in your career, yeah. and I was like, "Bling!" <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Maybe that's you know, that's pretty good." <laughs> and it's so simple, and it's so simple. That's I think the the brilliance 
and the frustration of it is that like you didn't think of it first but it's like it it you know that seasoned you know guy been around done that like it's just the the brilliance is in the simplicity it's simple i just i went i just worked for the the lucha bros i hadn't done in a show in about a year i hadn't really rustled i'm in the ring a lot because of you know training and i have my own ring set up here in in california so i'm, I'm in the ring a lot i just i don't rustle too much in front of people you know kind of save it yes sir so the lucha brothers had a show at their show here in la and they asked me hey man can you come wrestle for us i'm like okay first of all who am i wrestling and they said christopher daniels ah oh, no problem that will yes. we'll, 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 yeah. we'll, no big deal let's great yeah it's a day so, off we yeah we went and wrestled and i was watching the matches and just god it's like it was bump after bump after bump after bump after bump I mean, and there were these were finished bumps like finishes not talking like yeah. a close they're like you know, tor- you know, tornado DDT into a Grenadian destroyer, into a brain buster, in, yeah. like like in one sequence, and into you know whatever I can't even know the names anymore. Sure. Form, and then kick out, and I was like, wow, like, and it was over and over and over and over again. I was like, guys, first of all, you you go, you guys are gonna break your neck. Eventually, one's gonna mess up, you're gonna break your neck. I go, but man, it's just you're throwing so much stuff away, like you're just throwing it away. You know, if I. You know, a chair shot. It's like, a, like it's like, the chair shot's a shotgun. So if you hit me with a chair, like let's say, a Tommy Dreamer Raven chair shot from you know ECW, like wow, I flood. Yeah. Oh, it's like boom, you hit and they're right back up, like ah, like nothing. Yeah. Like, oh my god, like what yeah. the hell? You know? Yeah. I mean, unless you're an Undertaker, then you sit up. Right, right. Back. But that's a gimmick, and that's gimmick. working the gimmick. You know, and you can't have a card full of that gimmick or it's the same thing, you know, and that's the same thing that's happened with, like, I, I feel like, um, so MMA has got, you know, it's this, you know, UFC is, is this huge thing and everything. And and MMA has gone through a a progression, even from like the Chuck Liddell days when it was starting to gain momentum to where it is now all the boxes they need to be checked or you're going to get exploited for what you don't do well huge that you may you might get 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 away with it for a little bit but eventually they right right up. but i feel like in pro wrestling because this has been my time in pro wrestling <clears throat> that what was always cool about pro wrestling was almost like it was like a um you know you styles made the fights you know the the style styles clash or the similarities you know what was going to happen when bam bam bigelow faced king kong bundy or what was going to happen when bam bam bigelow faced um chavo guerrero um eddie guerrero ray mysterio like the smaller guy so the contrast it somewhere in in my generation pro wrestling became like okay well big guy that can do a moonsault or throw a drop kick and vice versa. Um, everybody just started doing everything that they were capable of. And it was kind of like, okay, well, just because you're capable of it doesn't mean you should do it. And if y'all, if you are going to do it, like make it mean something. So if it's, you and another big guy you're both you know these these two big guys like and and i'll just pick names just for the sake of of this making sense but let's say it's moose against keith lee 
Um, and they're both punching each other and nobody's bumping. Why? Because they're two huge mofos, right? Yeah. Um, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, Moose throws one hell of a drop kick for a guy that big. So somewhere towards the end of the match or whatever it is, the story is told that nobody's been bumping. And then Moose pulls this drop kick out of his ass. Bam. That's using the drop kick in a way that makes it mean something as opposed to doing it, you know, against cheeseburger because you can, you know, and that's kind of the learning curve that I think, you know, sometimes gets missed. Some people unfortunately never get it. Um, That's another analogy I use in a seminar. And I say this too, I go, guys, so, these people are biting. They're they're they, they're loving what you're doing, and 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 you're they're, they're loving your your tackles and your and your your nip ups into your arm drags. They're popping on that stuff, and then all of a sudden you're giving them a flaming table. I go, you didn't need to do any of that. I go, so let's yeah. just say you're taking a girl out on a date, or you're taking a you know a a whatever you like. You're a significant other on a date. Sure. And you know they're you're gonna you're gonna get you know, some, some, you're going to get a kiss by buying them. Hey, you're going to get him a kiss by buying him a Big Mac. So why are you going to buy him a steak? You know what I mean? So if you're buying, if you're buying them, you're buying them a Big Mac and you're getting your kiss or whatever, well then why are you going to go spend, you know, 300 bucks on a, you know, a Morton's or a Master's Steakhouse. Right. The exact same thing. So that's what people are doing in their matches. Like they're, they're biting on, on, on everything you guys are doing. You guys are telling a really awesome story. And then you're buying a $300 steak when you didn't have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Analogies, right? Yeah. And I think you said it too. I I mean, it it does. It really goes back to the storytelling to the point where like, uh, you know, we watched WrestleMania this year, Dennis Frank are are both uh, wrestling fans and um, you know, the, uh, the bloodline uh, that whole storyline was, it it went on for, you know, God knows how long. And it, it had all these layers that they still continue to this day to kind of weave into other things. And then you get Sammy and Kevin and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, that's long-term storytelling right there. That's investment. That's, that's the stuff I, you know, watched as a kid and was, it was, I didn't think about whether it was real or fake or, you know, I just, I was in, I was invested. So I, I, I'm exactly, and it's, you, you know, that you hit the nail on the head and somehow I got off the Hollywood subject, right back to wrestling subject. But it's also storytelling. It's the same thing in Hollywood. If, you know, you can get them and they're enthralled from, you know, by telling the story, why are you going to, blow up the Death Star. <laughs> you know, you, you don't yeah. need to blow it up by blowing it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh the young rock. Young rock. Yep. That is what well, now you're doing you you are the coordinator on that, correct? Right, right. So what I do on Young Rock, so Young Rock is Dwayne Johnson's TV show on NBC. Yes, kind of a story sir. about his life loosely based. Um so I, I, I'm the wrestling coordinator on that show, which and also the wrestling consultant. So I got a couple of titles, but which means that means is that not only am I putting all the matches together, training the actors, but um, you know I'm script supervision, going over scripts and saying ah they may not you know 
you might say that that doesn't really work. Let's change that to whatever. Um, you know, I'm involved with, you know, set design, you know, um, costumes, anything with wrestling, anything that's part of wrestling on that show. Yeah. Uh, me and Brian Gewertz, ex WWE writer yep. and head writer, yep. um, he's executive producer for Seven Bucks, so he's on that as well. <clears throat> we, we we collaborate off that a lot, and if we have a big question, we'll you know we'll ask Dwayne, like, hey Dwayne, give Dwayne a call and say, hey, look, what do you want to happen here? Because this is his show. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we'll do this. So any of the wrestling stuff, that's what I do, and any of the pretty much productions that I do is that's I'm kind of. Uh, you know, doing all that. For instance, I just did um, uh, A24's Iron Claw, the story about the Von Erichs. Yeah, it'll be out, uh, I think, at the end of this year. Okay. And at one point, you know, the, the director, um, Sean Durkin, who wrote the, the movie as well, he'd written, you know, this, what he written, like these guys were, in, I don't want to give it away, but these guys are talking and then he wanted something to happen in the match. Well, it didn't coincide. So I, I pulled him aside and said, hey, man, that won't really happen. What you want to happen over here in the match, it can't happen because of the way they're talking over here. And he's like, oh, well, how would they talk? So we rewrote the script, but that paragraph right there, he's like, change, yeah. he goes, tell me, and I'll, so we exactly verbatim from what I said, we end up do, right, rewriting that scene in a sense. Yeah. Right there, because to make it make sense to where he wanted to go in, yeah. in, in the in the movie unless he wanted to go a different direction then we would have missed we would have changed it up a little bit so you know not only was like training zach efron and jeremy allen white uh and putting these scenes together but you know i was rewriting them behind the camera with the director and we're watching and i'm going hey can we reach you know now again this is their movie not mine so i have to you tread lightly at certain things but i'll say what do you what do you think about that? And he said, what do you think? Okay, well, this is what I think. I think it was great, but I don't like this part. If I can tailor that match and have him face the camera on this part, and then if this part, have him face away in this camera, he's like, awesome, shoot it again. So we'll redo that and shoot that right there, and some, most of the time they take my advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's awesome. I, I mean, I'll say uh, for the Young Rock stuff, the authenticity of yeah. the details comes through which is part of, you know, cause I've, I've seen more than a few episodes. Um, and it really, that that's one of the things that stuck out to me was just how authentic to wrestling. Some of it is, um, we, we and- try to do that. We try to keep it now on that one. There's a little bit of a collaboration. Like I said, Dwayne Johnson, you know, you probably heard of him, me, Brian, <laughs> you know, so we definitely collaborate on that one. But a lot of most of the other ones, it's, it's really me. I'm the wrestling guy there only. So I really try to be true to the time period as far as the moves, costumes, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and, and and just kind of true to wrestling. Like for instance, in in when we we're doing Glow, they had written something in the script and it's some, something about wrestling being fake. And I said, I was like, I went to the, the creator and said, guys, if you do that, you're gonna lose your audience. And they're like, why? I said, we don't like that the f word entertainment 100 percent, but it's 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 right. not it's not fake you know pre, uh, um, some rehearsed or, or predetermined sure i go but are you not going to watch a movie because of a car crash in there because they rehearsed that car crash for a week uh right. it's still a car crash it's still a car crash well right. those moves that we're doing are still moves even though maybe they may have tried to rehearse or try to do this which we don't really do too much but right. they're like 
Yeah, that makes sense. So <clears throat> they tied it in. The ladies who wrote the that episode really tied it in by saying <clears throat> one of the times the Melrose character said, "Yeah, I get it. It's all fake. It's fake." And then the Cherry character, who was the uh, the trainer, she choked her out, and she's like, "Yeah, is that fake?" And that's uh, oh, like, wow. well, you know. And I was like, "Oh, that works perfect. That's exactly." Yeah how it would happen with yeah. real wrestlers. I mean, there's Bobby, I'm sure you've had a lot of stories like that, but yeah. I remember one time I was, I was flying from LA to somewhere in the New York area, maybe like New Hampshire or something. I don't know. I landed in Newark, New Jersey. So I took a red eye, landed in Newark, New Jersey at, at, you know, 5 AM, whatever it was. So I'm <clears throat> waiting for my next flight and I'm tired, super tired. I'm walking on the next flight and, uh, this one guy goes, oh, oh, man, there's Chavo, there's Chavo. One of the guys is working. Two guys are working there. Sure. Oh, there's Chavo, there's Chavo. And the other guy, I heard, I just heard him tired, you know, and not paying attention. And the guy goes, who's that? He goes, oh, man, he's a pro wrestler. And he and right as I was walking right past him, and he goes, oh, no, that's just fake. And I looked at him right away, and I went, you want me to show you how fake it is, MFR? And he, he's yeah. working. And he looks at me, and the other guy was like, yeah, yeah, you tell him, Chavo. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, that's what I thought. And as I'm walking into the plane, I'm like, well, that was stupid because now he can pull me off the plane. But yeah. it was like real quick, like, hey, like the, I don't know, the you know, for Johnny Valentine, just say, hey, I can't convince you that wrestling's not fake, but I can't convince you that I'm not fake. Right. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of true. It's like, hey, we, we may be, you know, doing some stuff entertainment on TV, but sure. You really want to find out, like, it, what, how real it is, you know. Choke you out anytime you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, oh, 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 yeah. I didn't really think about that, but yeah. <clears throat> well, that and that that gets to me too sometimes with with fans and their their appetite for just the you know the the bullshit and the, their um, need to be heard and their their critique of of things and it's like you know or their their desire to know the backstage dirt and it's like but at the same time in the same breath you'll say that this is fake so it's, it's kind of funny because that you say that that because and that's what i love wrestling fans about them and that's what i hate wrestling fans as well. yes, yeah but it's yeah. such a blurred line so so you know obviously if you guys have seen i'm sure we're going to get to some of the tweets that I did lately about Ray Mysterio using the grill. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's nothing different that now that I came out and said, okay, so we're, I let Ray know right before I was going to do it and that kind of right. stuff kind of happened all by accident. But, <sighs> but uh, before I let like later, like, you know, the pipe bomb one, like the bombshell tweet, I text Ray, say, Hey, by the way, it's not it's just a work. And he started laughing. He texted me back. He was like, he's like, yeah, I was wondering whatever I did. What, what, what did I do to this guy? And he, we started yeah. laughing. I said, just disregard yeah. anything here. He said, no words. So I put one out there about him, you know, totally prostituting the name and all this stuff. This is nothing different than I actually did on TV in 2006. Right. But it, it's, it was, it's kind of real. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you said it. And I'm like, okay, guys, it's, you remember, you remember what I did in 2007? What's the difference? This is exactly right. the same thing. Just because I did it on Twitter instead of WWE, people were like, you know, some people got it like, oh man, you got me, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Like, no way, man, you're just backtracking. You're just, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you guys are, it, it's, it's, those lines are so blurred. It's, and it's so blurred. Pretty, I mean, it's great. 
but I mean, I was like, guys, that's, is that all it took? Like that little thing to get you guys so yeah. up? I mean, that was nothing. That was a sprinkle. Yeah. I mean, I so much more stuff. Yeah. And guys, I mean, it was, but anyways, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it worked 100%. And, and it, it's, it's great in one way. And then it, it's like, I don't know. And I don't even know if this is the right choice of words, but like the business in some ways, when it comes to the fans, it feels almost incestual, this need to like, to know. And then it's like, well, invest in the storylines. Cause that's what you're like. It almost gets to a point where you're like, okay, well, why did you buy a ticket? If you're coming just to not even necessarily, and this is simplifying it very much, but not even necessarily to cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys, but you're coming just to go the opposite direction, like to, you know, to walk up the escalator that's coming down. Like, why? Why would you pay to do that? Right. Like, right. Why not invest in what they're giving you as opposed to, you know, who pissed off who and who took a swing at who and who's banging whose girlfriend? Like, wow. Jesus. I, you know what? Yeah. On that note, we got to sign off. I had my kindergarten graduation. Child with the real. Continue chatting amongst yourself, gentlemen. <laughs> thanks, Frank. All right, Frank. Thanks for your contribution, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, I'm exactly the same way. And you know, I think what what happened. I mean, not I'm just doing analogies here and kind of figuring out why we got to that point. I think it's almost because <clears throat> what happened is you got a lot of people, internet writers who are you know writing stuff who've or who are fans of wrestling and may be close in a sense to wrestlers but have never ever wrestled or never lived it so they're giving opinions and instead of reporting on being a journalist so are you a journalist or are you a critic two different things like mm -hmm. I, I i may you know love the i the you know the, the nasa launch to you know they put somebody in the moon I've yep. never been an astronaut, but I can have an opinion about it, but I, I've never actually been there. So I can say, disclaimer, I've never been an astronaut, but I think they could have launched this one a little bit better. Well, <clears throat> what's happened is you got guys who've never been wrestlers, like uh, never been affiliated with us, like uh, um, a Meltzer or something like that. He's giving, oh, this is a five-star match, a six-star match. Well, that's your opinion. You are absolutely Right. Um, entitled to that opinion. But, of course. But, but at the same time, like it should be a disclaimer. Like every guy's this – are you a journalist or are you an opinion? Because I'm watching, you know, whatever we're watching CNN or Fox news or whatever you're watching. And you can, uh, you can report on a president's speech, but once you start saying that was the wrong speech and that was, now you're, right. you're, you're, you're a critic and now you're not, yes. a, not a reporter anymore. Yep. Yep. So you got to pick and choose. You can't blow the lines. You can't jump back and forth. Yeah. Well, and it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. You don't get to be both. Right. You don't get to play both sides. Um, right. And I think that that's happened with guys like like Meltzer and and some of these. Other, and there's no like checks and balances to it. Therefore, so you saying that is I really really want to, and I don't know, maybe someone will do this, take my idea, but have a wrestler take all the, all the dirt sheets and report what's real and what's fake. Like, like that's not real because he said this and that's, that's right. And just report on the, on the dirt sheets. 
<laughs> your sites and actually do you know like okay well he said that this was real but that was real because of this and say he's wrong here it's wrong you know and kind of right that would be the one because you're not reporting on wrestling you're reporting on what the the dirt sites are reporting about wrestling you're reporting yes on so yeah I, I mean i remember you know people like when like let's say you know feud started with me and eddie you know, when it first started, people would critique it. Oh, this is good. And we knew where we were going. We were going like a three or four month long yeah. storyline. And we had, a you know, kind of an idea where we were going. But after like a week, oh, this is going to work. Oh, this or this. Work. And then after three months, like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. And I'm like, yeah. you were saying it sucked like three months ago. Yeah. And now you're saying it's awesome. Like I have, but let's go back to your site. Three yes. months, it's yes. not good. And now you're saying, yeah, yeah. It's very fair weather. It's very, very fair, it's weather. Very fair weather. But, you know, hey, it's like I said, you're definitely entitled to it. But hey, we're on to you guys. <laughs> we're on to you guys. Nice yes. to you. <laughs> well, yes. as, as a fan, which I, I have no affiliation other than knowing Bobby since we were kids, I have no affiliation to wrestling. And as a fan, I don't know how you guys would deal with fans because I see them and I go, this is the stuff that you allegedly love. Like everything, I don't see any positive shit ever on Twitter. Everything is wrong. And they should have done it this way. And then the funny thing was, if they did it that way, those same people will go, that was too predictable. Told you can't please everybody. It's like, impossible. Yeah. It's, like, what the- it's impossible to please everybody. I mean, uh, the same people, you know, like the same people now that are saying, like, oh, my God, Eddie's the greatest wrestler, one, one of the greatest wrestlers, if not the greatest of all time. Those are the same people who were saying when he was alive, going, ah, you know, he's, he's just he's too small. He's a cruiserweight. He's this, yeah. he's that. It's the same thing, like the same people. Like, yeah. he didn't, his wrestling didn't change. But when he was alive, they weren't saying that he was one of the greatest of all time. Now that right. he's passed away and they're going back and seeing all the stuff he did, like, wow. He was really great. We're like, yeah, we were telling you that from way back. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like CM Punk, when CM Punk got his big run in WWE and like, wow, man, he's really got a mic. I just worked him for like a year before that. And right. he was, he guy was awesome back then. He was great. Yeah. And now yeah. you're like, you know, so, <clears throat> you know, they, they kind of um, re- remember the past and present wrong sometimes. I don't know. That's, that's, yeah. That's my take, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I I see it um and yeah, I think it, right yeah. I wonder too like well where does this go because I think what what you're seeing kind of play out is the it it was it it happened um you know progressively but a little bit more of that string you talked about before was shown and then yeah. a little bit more and a little bit more. And then finally, like, you know, th- th- it only takes a couple cracks in the dam until eventually, boom, the whole, you know, the water breaks through. And that's where I think we're at now. And it's like, where does that then take the industry and take the business? Like where it is that blurry line. And like now in order to work people, you've got to you know, it's like a work on top of a work on top of a work. And it's like, so who really knows? <laughs> like, who's actually in the know and who's not? It's, yeah, yeah. it's gotten to this place where it's, it's I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's not, it's, I think we just make it a little more difficult than it has to be. You got guys like, um, you know, Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen and those guys 
God, every time you see their Japanese matches, like they're destroying each other. What they're they're working, but it's such a fine line if they're working or shooting. And I, I think that's 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 all we really need to do. Like get it so close to being is this real? Is this not real? To where people are like, that's where you blur the lines. Like, oh, I, like I don't know, but now you you can tell like you can absolutely tell when it's not real when they're working and you can absolutely well, most of the time tell when they're shooting because it's just there's people aren't great at blurring those lines too much anymore right right i i mean i i will say wholeheartedly i think it's something that kind of is missing a little bit um there was a a time um most recently in aew actually when i was still there and we had a situation and it ended up with us and it was me and Kyle and FTR and things got heated. Um, but having worked with them before, knowing that at the end of the day, like we're four professionals and we're four guys that are going to be professional with one another, but it went to a, a, an ugly place and, and it was there and tempers flared and, and it was like, some of that I think is what's missing kind of in today's wrestling where there is some contention, you know, and, and it's okay for there to be contention as long as like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be professional. We're not going to turn into a, a shoot here, but. Close. Yeah. yeah. Do that all the time. We were in the ring train, you know, wrestling together, whether it be with Benoit and angle, whether it be with world Series tag team, whether it be with the Bashams, whether it be with, with you know got so many other people and we would like and i knew eddie's look he would look at me like and he would he'd be like oh, basically f these mother effers and yeah bring it and vice versa when i look at it, i would look at him and it's like like all right dude the hammer's coming down right now and boom it was coming up so we knew like even though we were still professional we were we we're always fine lined right there it was so yeah. we were very very so close um <clears throat> I remember my dad one time he was my my my, when he first came in as my manager in WWE, and, and yes. I, I look back at it, man, and I, and I kind of—I've said this before—I kind of feel bad about it because I remember my dad wrestling, you know, when he was, you know, 1983, when he was, you know, 33, 34 years old, and he was at like the top of his game. He was in Japan, killing. He was one—I mean, he was at one point one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he. Um, it, it, it's so good. So when I say that, because people don't know, I gotta say, in one year. He wrestled for the WWF championship, was um, Superstar Billy Graham. He wrestled for the end of this one year, wrestled for the NWA championship against Terry Funk, and wrestled for the AWA championship against Nick Bockwinkle. Wow. He went an hour Broadway with each one. Holy one. So I was like, ah, he's, they don't do that to everybody. But, anyways, right. he uh, came into WWE and, you know, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't wrestled really in 15 years. So he comes in and helps me turn on Eddie. And then before you know it, they WD booked us the main event of SmackDown, the Tuesday night show, me and my dad versus Eddie and Kurt Angle. And we went in there and, and I just saw my dad's eyes were like saucers. And we were like going, I go, don't worry, I got you. And then I was barking orders out, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. We were going. And when we got in the back, we didn't really think anything of it. And my dad looked at me and he was like, you guys, you guys are, you guys are three quarter shooting out there. And what that means, everybody's listening, is that we're very close to being a real, yeah. real, 
fight yeah. over here. You're very, really going for it. And we're like, I'm like, no, we weren't. And he was like, you guys really were. I mean, anytime, because I was trying to grab Kurt's leg and he's just pulling away from me. I'm like, well, yeah, we don't, I don't know. I don't give it to you unless you grab it. Yeah, don't give it to you. Yes. Maybe I'll give it to you. Yes. And he's like, he's like, like, wow. He's like, gosh, I go, that's how we were in Japan. He goes, but you guys yes. are like, that's what you're doing right now. And it's, yeah. I mean, you're not punching the face, but you guys, oh my God. You know, he's like, Eddie hit me. And he said, my dad, my dad looked at Eddie like, do I owe you money? Like, what the <laughs> hell was that? Right, right. right. like, what are you talking about? It's just, it's just what we do. And he's right. like, holy crap. Yeah. But you know, I kind of felt, I looked back at him like, oh man, we should have taken care of him a little bit more. But, you know, and there was, I mean, there was times that, you know, we'd work everybody. Like one time when I turned on Eddie, I turned on him and this is, you know, planned out. We're turning the whole thing. And, you know, I, I, beat the crap of him pretty good when i came in the yes. back vince was like you know vince stands up and if he gives you a clap you're like oh my god that's awesome <laughs> yeah. well, the next day we were doing a part when we have a meeting almost every day and he would replay this at a part we, it was a very short period of time when we were doing that but he'd play some stuff from you know previous week's smackdown yes talk what he liked about it didn't like about it and he was like he literally told me he goes i don't know how much of that was real he goes but like it you guys that's where i want you guys yeah. and i'm looking i'm going none of that was real like we were a hundred percent working right. but he he would literally was going like like wow maybe you have a lot of animosity towards eddie maybe maybe i maybe i shouldn't have turned maybe i should have turned you earlier or whatever and i'm yeah. and i'm literally looking at him going like wait a minute are you serious right now like yeah. and, but we worked him when i was working him because we were like you know like serious like we when eddie and i we know we'd get into fights every once in a while, but sure. we face to face, and I knew exactly what that felt like, and he knew exactly what it felt like. And us eyes are touching, like jump, just jump, motherfucker, jump. Yeah, vice versa. Well, that's what we brought to the ring, and it was that animosity. It was like, like just try it, just try it. I'm, you know, yeah. even though we were still, we were just so working. But when we got in the back, and it was a hug, kiss. Oh man, that was great. Sure. Well, well that's when that's what we brought to the mat to the you know to the to that that match to that angle and then we got in the back and that's when vince was like gosh damn like you guys are right right yes we're totally fine <laughs> <laughs> right right i think that that's one of the things that's and i don't want to be negative but it's one of the things that's like it's not, it's not negative of, it's, just, it's just killing totally yeah it's, yeah it's, it, you know it's 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 dragging the business down a little bit in a way with it's missing you know it's it's a void that and maybe it's you know maybe you had to have a brother growing up or something because i know i did and and you you uh you just have this understanding of it and like i mentioned ftr and it was me and kyle and like I, I and I don't want to speak for the other three parties, but I I think between the three of us, right. uh, or between the four of us, like there's just there's that understanding, and it's okay, even though it's a work, it's okay if everybody's in on the agreement of like this is what it's gonna be, and there's gonna be meat. There's gonna we're not there's not gonna be a lot of daylight in this one. We're, we're chopping meat out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's not gonna be a lot of daylight, and that's okay because you know at the end of the day, like I've I've played sports, like I'm sure you did from the time I was a child. So I got into this to to continue to scratch that athletic itch, 
And I'll right. say that in my 20 some odd years of doing this, like I've seen the business go from this place where, you know, that athletic itch did get scratched to, you know, now I feel it scratched less and less and less. You know, and more I, like I I'm still, going out there to dance, do a dance still, routine. I'm not a fucking still, cheerleader. No, but still to this day, I walk into that ring. I warm up like I'm going to fight somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't just go out there. Oh, okay, they put a beer down. Oh, I look in there. I don't ever do that. I warm up, sprints backstage, but because I'm ready to go at any time, mm -hmm. I have to show you who's boss out there. And sometimes you have to do that. I just don't mm -hmm. know where words going. That's just how I was taught. And yeah. you know, I mean, me and Benoit would we literally would not only would we go blank in the ring. I was like, okay, before we go out, I looked at him. Are you blank? I'm blank. Okay, let's go. Well, the referee would be like, hey. What's the finish? I don't know. It's either a, it's either a sharpshooter or a frog splash or a, yeah. or a, um, a, a crossface. I could just if I tap, that's it. And yeah, because like, oh, we didn't have a finish. We just go do it. We didn't have anything. Right. I, we'd look at each other and, and give each other a hug and a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Say, bring it. All right. We knew what it was. We're yeah. like, you're going to chop my face off and I'm going to yeah. going to kick your liver out. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and we knew what it was and we'd come back and say, oh, that was awesome. We just knew how it was. And I remember this wrestling, I've said it before, so I'm not ripping on him or bagging on him, but I remember Miz one time came up to me and Chris and said, Hey, how do I get, how do I get aggressive? Like you guys, like, like intense, like you guys, mm -hmm. and I literally said, I go, have you, have you ever been in a real fight before? Mm -hmm. He goes, why does everybody ask me that? And I said, well, have you? And he goes, well, no. And I said, well, then. And I'm not saying that you have to get in a real fight, but you have to know where when you get into a real fight, when you're wanting to like kill somebody's breaking into your house or whatever it is, and you yeah. gotta protect your family, you have to bring that feeling to the ring if you want to get to that point. You have to believe it, or else the people aren't gonna believe it. They can see right. you're playing wrestling, wrestling. They can see it, you know. So uh, you know, I, I mean, I could, I could tell you a hundred stories about this, like where sure. you, you get to it. And I remember Undertaker one time and we kind of, I texted him, we kind of had a, like a joke about it, but he had said something about, you know, men were men back in the days and he wasn't ripping on any of the wrestlers nowadays, but he was saying something like, you know, when I first came up, we're in the locker room and you just really didn't know what was going to happen. You know, half the guys had knives in their boots and yeah. you just didn't know what was happening. Cause that's how close to real it was a lot of times. And that's how yeah. close guys actually were. And then I, I saw some of the, you know, the newer wrestlers talking about it and saying, you know, okay, uh, well, I'm sorry. We don't have knives in our boots and we don't do this, do that. Look, I'm glad to where it's, where it's gone that you don't have to, you know, fight in there a lot of times. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not glad to where it's gone because I see it. When I see it, it does. It looks like play wrestling to me a lot of times. Mm -hmm. and, and and not saying that it, that that's not good, but no. it's all like that or right. all the way. It's got to have different. Every match has got to be different in a sense. You know, different the, flavors. Ring with the Steiners, man. I didn't know if these guys were going to pick the shit out of me at all. I had no clue. Yeah. I had to be ready at all times. Yeah, really, I really didn't know if like yeah. You know, you know, Scott Steiner or or Rick Steiner, they could have imposed a will at me at any time, but I wasn't going to like lay down for them. <laughs> right. Time, I, I didn't know we were going to get to that point. I was yeah. hoping we didn't, but if we did, then I was like, well, I guess I guess it's worse that. So, yeah. you know, I was going to die fighting. But um, 
we just got there so many times. And when I tell people, like even wrestlers to this day, I said, man, I don't know how many times we've been in the ring and, and actually have had to, you know, look, hey, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. Right. Really? Well, I say, yes, that's how it was. But if that's how it came across sometimes, you know, I mean, it's like it's visceral. The fans can feel that. You don't, you might, they might not necessarily be able to put their finger on what it is exactly that they, that gave them that feeling, but there's a vibration in the arena, in the room. There's a, there's something. Absolutely is. Yeah. And like, that's where I think sometimes, you know, I mean, book it, man, take advantage. Like one time Eddie Russell. Brock Lesnar before their their championship match, he wrestled him in a and you know Brock is just such a strong, match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Strong. people don't understand yeah. how strong he is. Yeah. Well, after they got done with the match, Eddie was pissed because Brock had stiffed him a bunch of times there. That Eddie felt Eddie Brock was working, but he just worked so hard, real so yeah. stiff. Yeah, Eddie pulls him in, into the into the his dressing room, and he's like, Brock, get her. And they they get in the dressing room, and I'm going, gosh damn, am I gonna have to like open this door and help Eddie fight Brock? Like I'm like, fight? I mean, yeah. I don't want to. But Eddie died in there, so I'm gonna go do. And right. so when they got out of there, you know, they had straightened it out, and it was like, Ugh. and I remember Brock like you know looking at me and going, you know, God, you know, man, I was gonna have to beat up Eddie Guerrero in that ring, you know, in, yeah. in that. Well, when they had their championship match. Yeah, Brock was going to put him over, but Eddie really didn't know. Right. Brock was going to do it the easy way or was really going to do it the hard way. And right. that's what, so Eddie came, he came to fight. He came to fight. Yeah. Or came, he came to die with honor. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was like, okay, man, I, I look, all right. We don't, you never know what's going to happen out there. Right. And it's like, I think what nowadays what you see is you, you do know what's going to happen out there. Yes, we're going to get to that point, which is like I say, it's great. It's a good thing. It shouldn't get to. But at the same time, like we weren't always getting to that point. But I just knew like when I was in the ring with Finley, when I was in the ring with Regal, I just didn't, you know, I was hoping we were going to work. I just didn't know. One time, you know, Fit Finley snapped me and me and he kicked me so hard. Right. I couldn't even sell it. He kicked me so hard. Like I was like. And he kicked, that was one thing that Finley would do. That was one of his moves. And he sat and just kicked up. I mean, literally, like, I felt like he broke my spine. And yeah. I just looked back at him like, I couldn't even sell it. I was like, oh, right. I looked back at him. And I just saw him smile with that gap tooth. And I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was laughing, even yeah. though I was dying inside because my liver was like, <laughs> yeah. was dying inside going, oh, my God, that hurts so bad. And when I went in the back, he was laughing at it. And I said, you son of a bitch. I go, I thought. We were we were fighting. He was like, <laughs> right. you know, if you know, you know, fit. He's like, no, 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 I'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fit. Well, another one of my favorites, and and I will say too, man, uh, to hear that side of it from somebody who was doing it, like right. mission accomplished, sir. Because there was something different about when you guys mixed it up you know, when, when it was you or Finley or Eddie or Benoit or, and it was like that combination and you had both, um, both, uh, wrestlers were one of them or, you know, or Regal or like, you knew 
what you were going to get. And that what you've just described to us has given, you know, kind of the backstory to, oh, that's why I liked watching those guys. As much and, as and, that, and that's right. I hear and I've heard it 10,000 times nowadays. And people come to me and say, and again, I'm, we're not, I, we always pre preface it by saying we're not saying we were better or anything with nothing because the generation before me did the same thing and the generation before them did the same thing but yeah. we would just say like 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 um i hear all the time people say that's not what it used to be it's not what it used to be and they i'm sure they said it to the people before us as well but it was just you know there was you know like i said just we just never we just never knew a lot of times you know and like eddie would would uh so eddie's black tiger in Japan, right? he was the second black tiger behind, you know, Rocco Rock. So not Rocco Rock, Rollerball Rocco. I'm sorry. So um, Eddie was the second black tiger, and in, and in Japan, you know, Japan was yeah was you're very close to fighting every time, and you were shooting a lot of times. Yes, sir. So um, Eddie, that black tiger character, he always held on to it. So times that you know, like I had, even when we weren't tagging anymore, and we had split. And he had a big match coming against against you know big strong guy. He was like sometimes he'd be like, oh, man, I gotta get in that black tiger mode, black tiger. And I would, all right, let's go, black tiger. And I would slap him around, slap him, slap him. Come on, come yeah. on, black tiger, yeah. let's go. Who are you? And he was like, Black Tiger. Yeah. And then he'd go into the ring like that. And you could tell the yeah. difference. And when Eddie was going this and going like, ah, like, <laughs> yeah, come in and he had that stone face and he was walking in. Yeah, black tiger, okay, you know, it was like that alter ego in a sense. You know? Yeah, I think yeah. we could all use a little bit of Black Tiger. Ooh, yeah, you know? I love it. I think, I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're men. You know, this is testosterone, and it's supposed to be that way. I, I you know, I, I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but it's, you know, part of after doing this as as long as I have now, like, um, I feel like the sometimes the the scratch that I need to itch is to actually compete because some of this, and, and I feel like pro wrestling has become, and it'll always be plate spinning. Right. And I think that that's for me, what I've realized is I miss sometimes that single mindedness of, of purpose when you compete, like I'm going to try to hurt Chavo. Chavo's going to try to hurt me. Like you're going to try to win. I'm going to try to win. Right. Um, and you know, pro wrestling sometimes, uh, veers into this plate spinning and then the top rope breaks and, you know, you got to spin another plate and I don't know. I think that that's kind of the, um, just my two cents on, on, on what I would like. I, I would love to see change because I think that that visceral feeling is, it, it, unfortunately, like I think fans don't even realize they miss it. Yeah. You know, some so, of them probably some, never experienced it. Yeah, some have never experienced it. You know, and it's that combination, like you said, like it's, you, you don't know what's going to happen in there, but at the same time, you're performing in there and putting on a good show and telling a story yeah. with that background. I mean, you guys like, you know, like like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, their matches were incredible. Yeah. They would beat the shit out of each other, beat literally. The shit out of each other. And going and going and going and going. And and these two, you know, generals, you know, know they're working towards one goal, which is to, you know, tell that story and, and entertain the fans. But 
there's right. different roads to get there. And sometimes you veer off one way and, you know, and then, you know, you, you get stiff and you're throwing a receipt right back. And then sometimes you, then you fall right back into your story. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's pretty, it's, it, that's, that's the beautiful, the beauty of pro wrestling. That's the pro wrestling that, that I know. And sometimes it's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it's a good thing. Cause I don't want to do that too much anymore. At my age, <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know what? I just, I'll, uh, I'll do, I'll just throw a couple super kicks. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Certainly nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I think we've, uh, I think we've rebooked the territory. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I just want to say thank you again for, uh, for sharing some time with us. This has been, I mean, this was such a treat for me because like I said, the, um, the, the, the Finleys, the Benoit's, the uh, Eddie's, yourself, uh, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, uh, Regal, like these, there was just always, th those were the guys that um, I didn't necessarily know why as a fan, but I gravitated towards them. And I loved the, you know, I, I can still see that, man, I, I, I defy anyone to watch Benoit charge across the ring and uh you know basically double shiver somebody in in the face if not maybe the upper chest but you know tell me that that, that ain't real well when he did that you're going down there's <laughs> there's it's not like yeah. hey i'm hoping you take a bump or telling you you're going down there's right. you have no choice you right. can go with it or you can fight it but you're going down right. either way and that's like when we would we, you know we'd shoot an arm drag you're, you're getting arm dragged yeah you, i don't need to even tell you like to, you, whether you want to go or not go or know what's coming or not going yeah. you're, you're going yeah. and that's just how you know tight we would kind of keep it like that yeah. you know i remember wrestling um triple h one time and uh he called so you know, I so we would always switch back and forth a lot of times from Mexican style, American style, you know, Japanese style. So one time he calls a hip toss. Well, he goes, that's what he calls. He goes hip toss, block it, or he goes uh, uh, block it reverse. So I'm like, what he's thinking is block the hip toss, float over, hip toss him. Right. Well, I went, I just blocked the hip toss right in the middle of the ring. I blocked it. I just shot an arm drag right there, uh, you know, Mexican style arm drag. And as soon as I, so now I went from a left side right to the right side, the Mexican style. And right. as soon as I landed, I just floated right over and right to a left arm drag. <clears throat> I mean, a left arm bar. And he goes, he literally, he's sitting there, he goes, what the hell was that? And I, see, I go, Mexican style, baby. <laughs> right. Because I started on the left, switched right to the right, switched right back to the left. So, bah, 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 bah. Right. so and he was kind of like, like, like his head was like, holy shit. And when he got done, he was like, that was rad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could just felt it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, that's awesome. Cause it's just, it's a little bit of seasoning that you get, you know, um, traveling to different places and getting to see those different styles. Um, I worked in Mexico for the first time uh, recently. Was it last year or the year before? No, it was when I was with AEW. Um, I went over, uh, filled in for Kenny was, uh, I don't, I don't remember the exact details, but I, I finally got a chance to go over there. I'm actually going to, uh, do a show in June in Tijuana and, um, it's, yeah, I mean, just the different styles I've, I've had a ton of time spent in Japan, um, 
and it really i mean it's one of the things that i think i love the most about pro wrestling and and that's the you know the journey where you pick up the seasoning along the way and then you're working for wwe and it's you and triple h and and he calls it one way and you do it another because of what the seasoning that you had from all the other yeah and what people don't understand is that it's yeah, everything's like like MMA. Everything's kind of becoming a hybrid. You know, before you just had the Japanese style, you had the Mexican style, you had the the American style, you had the European style. Now everything's almost kind of hybriding, but still you got to learn those styles because if you take what you're learning in in the United States and then go to Japan for the first time, you're going to be lost. You're gonna oh be, hell yeah! This is not working. I'm not. These people aren't biting from what they bought. You have to, once you learn how to get them, you can get them. You know. Yeah. In, in Mexico, it's a different. It's a different way. Yeah all wrestling it's all different styles wrestling but you gotta you know you gotta wherever i'm at i know what kind of style i'm wrestling who i'm wrestling yeah you know if it's got it all changes it all i adapt to all of that it definitely does i i can remember uh the first time i went to england uh and this was you know in the heyday of like the the um I will say this, that like when Ring of Honor, uh, that that style that was developing, I think it came from um, a lot of uh, the American indie boys doing um, what they perceived Japanese wrestling to be. And a lot of them hadn't gone over and worked in Japan. So it was just it was a perception, but it, it, it developed its own like style. It became this thing. But. I was going to England for the first time and I went over there and the first night in, I tried to have like that ROH style match that was getting over at the time and realized like, holy shit, I definitely, (laughs) by the end of that tour for Brian Dixon, I was doing the Pledge of Allegiance before my matches to get heat because it was just like, that's, that's what those, those, you know, people were on holiday. It was all kids and it was like, you know, you just, uh, I probably took 20 some odd bumps off my bump card. Terry Funk would have been ashamed right. of me. Well, <laughs> and and rightfully so. Just did a seminar over uh, uh, the WrestleMania weekend here in LA. And, uh, you know, I had guys from all over the place because WrestleMania has all different people were coming yeah, in. Yeah. And I had guys from the Philippines, I had guys from the States, you know, different parts of the States. And I had about four or five Irish guys, they came in. And, you know, when I do a seminar, I end up getting everybody in the ring in different styles and come, you do this, you do that, you do that. Come on, just, just start working. Let's see where we go. And the Irish boys got in and the American guys were like, like, wow. And I said, stop. Okay, guys, what'd you think to the American guys? They're like, wow, that, that was like, they were so crisp and so clean and so tight. I said, that's that style. That's a different style. But who trained you guys? I said, okay, so that's the reason why they're doing that is because that's just how they're they're training. You guys are kind of doing the, you know, go to lock up and back off and yeah, head of the road, which is fine. It all works. It's just a different style. They came in where it's like tied up, you know, all right, you know, regal style. We don't grow all around and switch and yeah. reverse and pop up, up. It was so tight, tight and so crisp and so clean and it was so three quarter shoot. And the guy, the American guys, were like, uh, wow. I said, guys, it's just a different style. But sure. the reason why the Guerreros have had jobs in wrestling for so long is because we we learned american style we learned japanese style we learned european style we learned mexican style we learned to be heels we learned to be baby faces we learned to be tag teams we learned to be singles we learned to be a manager we learned to work big guys we learned to work small guys so that anytime i'm in the ring with somebody i can adapt to what 
they do because this is not necessarily can they adapt to me but i can adapt to them yeah. i can work a cane and then i can work a, a, a real material the next night and and just yeah. it's just just what you do you know two yeah. completely different matches yeah it's the beauty of the art you know and that that's um i i think that that's still the the thing that um i enjoy about pro wrestling is it's an know, art form it's definitely an art form i say that all the time ballet you know it's an art form yeah. it's an art form wrestling is an art form you cannot learn this in two years it's just impossible yeah. it takes no. years, years and years and years you will never master this it always changing and it, it takes you it takes i mean i tell i tell people it takes me it took me at the highest levels i say at wcw and ww it took me Five years in WCW, or maybe it was, yeah, I'd say about five years. So you're looking at, you know, close to 280, 300 matches a year. Let's say 300 just for math purposes. So you're looking at 1,500 matches before I felt like I knew what I was doing. And this is somebody who has, who grew up in the business, third generation yeah. wrestler, had a wrestling ring in my backyard. That was my swing set. It was a wrestling ring. We yeah. learned to walk in wrestling rings. It took me 1,500 matches before I felt like I, oh, okay, I, I, I know what I'm doing. And right. it took me another five years, so 10 years, 3,000 matches before I had guys like Ric Flair, Stone Cold saying, hey, great match. Chavo, great match. Yeah. Years at the highest level, working the best in the world before yeah. I finally felt like I arrived. Yeah. That's 10 years. And, and 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 that's it's impossible. When I see guys come in here and you know, like like you know, like a current angle and adapt to it in you know a year and a half, two years. I'm it's it's, it's, it's yeah. Impossible. Yeah, what a freak show, Kurt Angle. What a freak show that man is. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, guys like Lesnar, guys like Angle, just it's it's, 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 it's freaks. I don't know how they did it. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Chris Benoit never had a real job, ever, ever. He said he says one time. This is from Chris's mouth. He goes one time. I I worked at a carnival, and I was working in their concession stand for one day. And the guys were like, he goes, I was trying to serve popcorn and hot dogs and stuff, and, and they were like. <laughs> It, it, like you know, try can't do this. And, he, and Chris, in in his words, he goes, "Fuck this," and just walked out. <laughs> that was he goes. That was my only job. One day, besides pro wrestling, that was it. Wow, wow, that's insane. That is <laughs> insane. Huh. Well, I I um this was I yeah. was thinking of this before I had it on the tip of my tongue, and uh, you bringing up uh, Chris again. Um, I just want to put this out there because I had, I was trying to, to I, I was trying to get it out before and then I forgot it. And now I've remembered it. We got to do a part um, two because we, we've been talking a lot. But we got to do a part two and actually get into the media things besides talking about wrestling. But yes, I think what you guys, what I would call what you guys did, um, that group that I, I mentioned before, I think that what I was seeing, uh, if I had to give it a name is beautiful violence mm. that's what it was it was it was beautifully violent the way that that you guys wrestled especially when it was with one another because there that understanding was there was like okay this is you know we're not a lot of daylight here and we're gonna there might be a you know missing tooth or a bloody nose and that's okay because we're fucking men, <laughs> you know. We're, we're yeah. men. Let's go out there and be men. 
I remember Russ and Chris Benoit getting out of the ring one time and Paul Heyman came up to me and Paul Heyman, you know, was already had had ECW done and all that. I mean, he's seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he, he looked at me and he goes, Hey, I respected that match a lot. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, I just, I respected that match. You guys both brought it. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just what we do. That's just what we did. Like we just, we just, we hit very hard in safe places and it just yep. was, it just was, you know, it was understood. Yeah. Yeah. It just was understood. You know, Chris had some of the, the, the most incredible, the hardest chops of anybody I'd ever been in the ring with, sure. but it, they were so beautiful because it was, I it served a great purpose because I would yeah. fall out of the ring and he would chop me in one side and then I would right in front of the fans and I would go to the other side of the, the other side of the ring and chop me there and then go to the other side chop me there and then go to the other side chop me there and i'd roll in and because he was chops were so hard and so real and we were right in front right. of the fans like, it was easy after that because everybody was like oh my god yeah this is yeah. real and it just yeah. infectious yeah. off the entire yeah. audience and everybody's yeah. like what the hell and i remember my wife telling me one time that she saw us and she says I, she was like in the front row or second row she was i can feel the wind as soon as you hit the ropes and turn around, she was like, I feel the wind coming yeah. off of how fast and hard you guys are hitting. And I said, well, it, it was, it's real. It's real. It's yeah. Real. Yeah. It's, it's real. It's not real, but it's pretty real, you know? Right. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it, it had a huge influence on me. Um, I'll go a, a little bit of a step further and say that like, I know Kyle and uh, Roddy and Cole, like we talked about those matchups and, and, and you guys specifically about being such an, an influence on all of us. So like, um, you know, mission accomplished as far as what the story you were trying to portray, like it was there. And uh, I'll say for the generation behind you guys, like, God damn, you guys really had such an effect on uh, on the guys coming up. I'll tell you, FTR, they're kicking, they're killing it. They're kicking ass. And uh, when I first kind of really saw them, they were wrestling uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz yeah. in AEW. And they came out of the match, you know, they were hitting each other hard and going for it. I go, hey, guys, there was, there was a lot of Guerrero-isms in that match. I mean, they did the Three Amigos and they did this and different, different stuff that we had done. And they both looked at us and said, are you, are you kidding me? He goes, we just, you, you and Eddie are who we study. Like you're, yeah. we studied a lot of people, your matches, the yeah. way you were tagged, you guys were tagging. We, we just watch you guys all the time. And yeah, I was like, oh, that's awesome. A compliment. Like, it's like, really? Yeah. I was, that's great. Thank you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of wrestling. I, I, and listen, listen, there's room for, all different kinds of flavors. And that's what you, you know, you had alluded to before. Um, and I, I believe it. I think so too. Um, but that's the stuff that'll get me to buy a ticket, you know, and I'll always be that way. I'm with that. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm definitely the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Mr. Guerrero, what, what do we have coming up uh, for you? Uh, what, what are you working on right now? What's, what's, what's going on? So right now, because of the writer's strike in Hollywood, everything's kind of shut down. So we're not doing too much. But I do have that movie coming out, the uh, Iron Claw, A24. And A24, you know, just swept the Oscars. So this movie, I think, is going to be really good. It's going to be in that um, 
in that Oscars talk, I, th I think, at least some really? It's so good. And I just think, uh, you know, the acting's amazing. And of course, the wrestling's very, very good. But but uh, just the story, you know, and, and the directing and the, the camera work, it just, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really good. Wow. And, I'm uh, really excited. I'm a, a buzz. I've talked to, to Zach Efron, who plays Kevin Von Erich, and Zach was telling me, he goes, hey, man, he goes, I, I don't think this way a lot. He goes, I've done a lot of shitty movies. And he goes, I, I think this is going to be really, really good. And I That's said, awesome. I hope so, man. And we just, you know, you're trying to give, you know, homage and, and honor to the Von Erich name. It's the same yeah. way I do to my family. So sure. hopefully that's like that. So that's coming out. You know, um, I always have a lot of irons in the fire. You know, I have cool. my own beer, my own beer out as well. Uh, my oh, girls, yeah. on the West coast. So you guys get around with get buy one of those for sure. What is that called? Los so, Grills Mexican Lager, and it's through oh, nice. Brewing Company in West Covina. So, uh, ah. it's the best Mexican lager you've ever had. I'm not just saying that, like, I would not <laughs> put my name on it if it wasn't. It's yes, sir. Good. Like, it, I'll compare it to anything. All right. Anyway, it's really good. So, that's you know, that's going. And, uh, I, you know, I'm always doing a bunch of the different things. You know, <laughs> you gotta stay busy. If not, you I go crazy. Morning, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, be careful with that molding. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, again, Mr. Guerrero, thank you so much for coming on and joining thank us. Very much. It was an absolute pleasure. My um, pleasure, man. I really enjoyed talking to you guys and talking to somebody as knowledgeable as you and who is a damn good wrestler fighter. Uh, you, but uh, definitely, uh, um, you know, fan of you, man. Hopefully we can mix it up one of these days and, We'll I appreciate that. Let, for, it'd, be, it'd be my honor, my absolute pleasure to go out there and, and uh, you know, we could beat the snot out of each other. We could, uh, we, could, we could put on some beautiful violence. That'd be I, hear, a, I hear you. I hear you. Although, like that Hank Williams Jr. song that says, the hangovers hurt more than they used to. <laughs> Waking up in the morning hurts more than it used to. <laughs> yes, it so, does. <laughs> Thank you, guys. As long me as you do. still wake up, you know. Exactly. I wake up, and it takes me a second to get going. And you know, I you know, I just, I, I really appreciate a hot shower now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I've started doing, and I and I, I'm I never thought I'd get used to this, but you do, and I actually prefer them now. Cold showers, ice yeah. cold showers. How does your body move after that? Because I'm so stiff, anyways, and then I get like. <laughs> I can't. I, it takes a while to get used to it, but then you like. I'm at a point now where I probably take more cold showers than I do warm. Wow, you're you're yeah. tougher than I am because that. That's... <laughs> or I'm just a weirdo. Or yeah, I'm so maybe weirder than I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank, thank you, you so much, Chavo, Thank you very much. We'll do it again, man. Appreciate you guys. Good luck to you guys. Yes, sir. Good luck to you. All right, man. Be safe. And on that note, say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby.